Good morning. It's good to see everyone in God's house this morning. I'll ask if you'll stand with me as we sing Here I Am to Worship.
Well, that's why we're here this morning is to adore the Lord and to worship the Lord. He alone is worthy. And so I'm so glad to gather together like this to, to worship the Lord in, in spirit and in truth. And if you would, if you'll have a seat, I'm uh, so glad to see each of you here this morning. And it's always great seeing you fellowship together and enjoying each other's uh, uh, presence. And um, that's what it's all about, encouraging, building each other up, lifting each other up. And, and I pray that already that you've sensed the love of God in this place. God uh, loves us with an everlasting love, and I'm glad that I can share that with you uh, again today. So thankful for his love that was demonstrated on the cross. As we sang just a few moments ago, uh, we'll never know the cost that he paid for us. But I want you to know that one day we will when we see him face to face. And we'll see uh, the, the marks in his, his hands and in his side. Just as Jesus, uh, when he, right before he gave the Great Commission, he appeared to the disciples and showed them his hands and his side. You and I will see that one day and we'll know fully then the price that was paid for our salvation. But praise God, it's been paid in full. And I'm grateful for that this morning. And I'm so glad to see you today. I welcome you this morning to Liberty First Baptist. Those of you that are visiting with us, uh, we are delighted that you're here. Those of you that are watching online as well, I uh, pray that the Lord will bless and that God will be glorified uh, here today. And I uh, just want to um, remind you about tonight. I hope you'll be back tonight. Uh, looking forward to uh, uh, being in Acts cha or Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we'll be in Ephesians 4 this morning, uh, but I'm also going to be preaching tonight the 429 sermon. So I hope you'll be back tonight uh, for that and, and of course, uh, enjoy being together as well. Our, our students and kids will be meeting, preparing. Our kids will be preparing for Mission Week that starts uh, tomorrow. So please continue to be in prayer. There's been a lot of work and a lot of preparation, a lot of prayer already that's gone into Mission Week. And, and so I know it's going to be a wonderful week. And so uh, just support our um, our kids in prayer, remember them. We're going to uh, pray for all those that will be a part of Mission Week this week. And just a lot of uh, sharing God's love, uh, sharing the love of Jesus that will take place this week. And Mission Week is such a powerful, such a blessing, such a sweet uh, time. And so I encourage you to let's be in prayer. And, uh, and they'll be uh, starting tomorrow uh, with Mission Week. And then also, Young at Heart, I want to remind you that on Thursday uh, at noon, uh, you're invited 12.30, okay. Uh, so come at 12.30 on Thursday in the fellowship hall, and it'll be a great time together. Uh, our, uh, our group will be serving you, and it uh, will be a great time of uh, uh, uniting together for Mission Week and, and, and our lunch. So I want to remind our young at heart about that. Um, also, there's information in the bulletin about Vacation Bible School, July 5th through the 8th. And, of course, that's age three through students. We'll have a youth class as well. I know some of our youth will be uh, volunteering as well. But there's a place for everybody. So uh, if you'd like to come and volunteer, help out, and just be a part of Vacation Bible School, it's a special week as well. And, um, and there's, uh, there's a sign-up sheet for volunteers. It's posted at the Welcome Center. And, and I want to remind you uh, about that as well. Um, also, uh, Miles will share with me. He's got a doctor's appointment this week, so he's asking us to be in prayer uh, for him as he uh, will be uh, going to that doctor's appointment. We're praying for, uh, uh, for good news, praying for you, Miles, and uh, we'll be lifting you up. And uh, let's also remember those that's not able to be with us today, uh, whether it's their health, those that have upcoming procedures, we want to pray. Uh, pray for God's mercy and his healing touch. And, and uh, also our shut-in of the week is Mr. E.J. Washington. We want to continue to... Remember Mr. EJ, and uh, his information's in the bulletin if you want to uh, send him a note of encouragement. I know that, that he would uh, love to have that, so just want to 
ask you to be in prayer for uh, 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 for our shut-in, especially uh, Mr. E.J. Washington. And um, and I just want you to know, uh, Liberty First Baptist, that I love you and thank God for you. And I've been praying uh, for you this week, and especially here these next few weeks. I pray for a, a smooth transition time, and of course next Sunday, uh, praying for our deacon election and our nomination time, and uh, very important the life of our church. And uh, just encourage you. Uh, I pray that you know that we'd have willing hearts and uh, that we'd be uh, engaging in, in the work of the ministry and. And uh, there'll be a time of unity and just a special, just a sweet time of, of, of the church coming together. And, and, um, and then in a few weeks, we'll be uh, having the uh, pulpit committee nomination and election. And um, so be in prayer uh, about that as well. And, and already be praying for God's man. Uh, he's preaching somewhere this morning, more than likely. And, and uh, we want to lift him up and ask God to speak to his heart and uh, speak to our heart. And, and, uh, and I know as, as, you, as you experienced with Dr. Allen... Uh, an interim pastor can be such a sweet time and uh, just a, a great ministry and so uh, uh, we want to pray for all of this it's God's church and that his will uh, would be done and, and uh, now's the time to serve and, and I do remind you about our uh, Acts table over here and, and once again I encourage you to, uh, to serve and get engaged in, in the work of the ministry and, and, um, and so we're, uh, we're praying uh, during this time and, and um, also um, if you have any special requests this morning on the back of our visitors card if you'll uh, take a few moments and uh, and and let us know uh, even if you put unspoken uh, we will be delighted to pray with you about those requests and then uh, when the offering plate is passed if you'll just drop those visitor cards and a uh, prayer request in the offering plate and then we'll receive them also uh, I've got a flight early in the morning uh, at 620 flying out to uh, Anaheim for the convention that will be out at Anaheim California and so I appreciate your prayers and uh, pray for our convention as well and, uh, and the work that takes place this week in Anaheim. So uh, I want to ask if you would, those of you that have, uh, yes. Okay, and, and that's in the bulletin as well. The teacher's material will be available uh, out uh, next Sunday morning out here out front. So um, I'm excited about VBS and hearing great things. And, and those of you that are teaching and volunteering, uh, it's a, it's a it, it wears you out. Uh, it's a tough week from a physical standpoint, but man, it sure is worth it. You know, to teach little boys and girls about Jesus and uh, and those crafts and uh, and those games and and snacks and and music and and Bible story, all of it. Just a wonderful week. And so, just want to remind you about that. Thank you for reminding me about that, Doug. The teacher material will be available next Sunday, and uh, we pray for a wonderful, awesome week of EBS. Let's join around the altar this morning as we pray. And I encourage those of you who would to come and, and join me this morning as we call on the Lord in prayer. Our loving, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, as, as we've already uh, sang in song, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're here to worship. And we know, Lord, that you are worthy of that worship. And we thank you, Lord, that, that you paid the price, God, that we can worship you and that we can know you and have a personal relationship with you through Jesus. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus, Lord, that, that was shed on that cross, Lord, that washes our sin away when we trust and believe in you. And, and Lord, it makes us right with you. And God, we don't deserve it. But we are so grateful and we thank you, Lord, that we can gather like this and worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. And so, Lord, we just ask for your help today. We ask for your blessing. 
Lord, I pray as your word goes forth, Lord, in song and in sermon, God, that you would have your way in our hearts. Lord, help us to open our hearts to you. God, I pray that we'll respond and commit by faith and say yes to you today. Lord, I pray for those that's not here. Lord, those that are suffering, those that need a touch, Lord, those that are sick or uh, those that's, that's going to be facing procedures, God, we lift them up to you in Jesus' name. And we pray for your mercy. We pray for your healing touch. And, and Lord, I just pray for this church. Lord, help us, God, to be a lighthouse in this community. Lord, we pray for the next uh, several weeks, God. I pray for a time of, 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 of unity and encouragement and a time of, of, um, of working together, Lord, and serving you in the work of the ministry, God. And uh, we, we just pray, Lord, for our deacon election next Sunday. And, and uh, we pray that your will would be done. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd be with uh, the pulpit committee, Lord, as, as uh, that will be uh, assembled soon. And God, I pray that we'll seek you. And I pray for your man, God, that you have. Wherever he is right now, Lord, would you begin to impress upon his heart. Lord, like you impressed upon my heart several months ago, I pray that you will lead and that you will guide. And Lord, as difficult as it is, Lord, to, to say goodbye, Lord, we are grateful, Lord, for, uh, for the, the man that you're going to lead to this place. And I, I thank you, Lord, that you're in charge, Lord, that's your church. May your will be done, Lord, for your glory and for our good. Now, Lord, again, Lord, I pray that you'll help us today. We pray for Mission Week. We pray for an awesome week, Lord, of our kids and students going out and sharing your love. And thank you, Lord, for those that are volunteering and helping. Just pray, Lord, that you'll watch over and protect and, and just minister, Lord, in your name and encourage many hearts, dear God. And, Lord, I just pray for uh, our students as they'll be going to Mobile uh, next week. And just pray, Lord, for an awesome week, Lord, that you'll prepare their hearts even now and the camp pastor and the Bible study leaders and the mission sites, all that takes place. Pray for our safety down and back. Lord, we lift up uh, Vacation Bible School as well. And God, may you be honored and glorified and may souls be added to your kingdom and lives changed, Lord, by your power and for your glory. Lord, meet with us here today, dear Jesus, and we'll give you praise for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me for our offertory hymn, Because He Lives.
Jesus, we just thank you so much for this beautiful, wonderful day that you have blessed us with. Lord, we thank you for this church and what it means to each and every one of us. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would be with us in these days ahead. Lord, you you know the future, and Lord, you are already in the future, and we thank you, Father, to know that we can trust you. Father, I pray that we would turn our attention to you and seek out your kingdom, Father, and obey you. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this offering we're about to receive, and we pray that you would take it to the upbuilding of your kingdom. First, in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen.
thankful for the wonderful truth that we have a home that's not in this world and one day uh, we'll be able to rest on the banks of the Jordan the great city of God and John in Revelation saw uh, the new Jerusalem and I'm grateful for that wonderful hope that we have that wouldn't it be sad if this world was all that there was and for some that don't know Christ that's the reality this is as good as it's going to get and boy that breaks our hearts there's a lost and dying world out there that won't be able to go to that new Jerusalem, won't be able to go home like you and I. And I pray that that would break our hearts and that we would think about those that we interact with each and every day and that we would be his witnesses, just like those in Mission Week this week's going to intentionally go out and share God's love. And I pray that we would uh, share that love as well at our workplaces, community, and school, and, and, and all that, that, uh, that we do, that we would uh, share the love of Jesus. And, and, of course, believers in Christ... The reality is that God has worked in us and he changes us from the inside out. And so the Apostle Paul uh, shares that with us in, a, in Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to preach to you a message this morning entitled, Off with the Old and On with the New. And uh, we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses uh, 17 through 32. You know, when you go to a job interview... You, you, you carefully select what you're going to wear. You know, you want to make a statement in some way. You know, you might choose something that makes, makes you feel confident, something you're comfortable in, um, something that might even make you look like you fit the part for whatever position that you are applying for. Uh, we might choose a color that matches the company logo or a sport team. We believe that the owner supports. You know, we Maybe we do some digging. We try to find out maybe who's going to be interviewing, and we kind of find out what their hobbies are and or whatever it is. And so we, we put all this you know, careful attention into what we're going to wear. Uh, I was fortunate to sit in on the, uh, uh, on the interview panel that uh, interviewed for the, the uh, head coaching uh, football uh, coach job at, at Liberty High School, and every one of them came in with red and black. Every one of them came in. The, the uh, handouts that they gave was in red and black, and, and that was intentional. You know, they, they know the colors, and uh, it, it would be something if they came in and, and, you know, they could wear a different color. But, but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, when we, we want to put our best foot forward, and, and we, we're interviewing for a position, and, and, and so we take all this into consideration. We don't just throw something on and, and just kind of show up. You know, we, we put thought into what we're going to wear. And so when we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior... What I want us to see this morning is that we begin a wonderful relationship with the Lord. And God does a wonderful work. It's called sanctification. 
after we've been justified, justification, after we've been redeemed, and after we've been made right with God, and after we've trusted in Christ, there's another, and we've been adopted, there's another doctrine that goes along with it when we trusted Christ. We've been adopted in the family of God. All of this wonderful doctrine. Uh, uh, one doctrine I want us to think about is sanctification. And that means it's a process that begins at salvation. You know, it's, it's false to treat salvation like it's an end. Uh, we just come as we are, and then we just kind of stay as we are, and we don't really change. No, God changes us from the inside out, and the very reason that we came to Christ is we realized that we were lost and that we needed forgiveness of our sin and, and that we realized through the help of the Holy Spirit that we were lost and needed forgiveness and that Jesus is our only hope. There's no other way. I can't turn over a new leaf and over a new leaf and over a new leaf over and over again trying to, trying to be good enough. No, I, I realize that, that there's no plan B. It's either Jesus or nothing. The Holy Spirit worked and made that alive to me, and I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And it's a glorious beginning. And I love that hymn when we all get to heaven. One of the verses reminds us uh, what, what a wonderful change. You know, there's a change that takes place in, in, in our life. Uh, since Jesus came in to our hearts. And so that's, that's the change. And, and the sanctification process is a process that begins at salvation. And it never ends. doesn't matter how old we might be. It never ends. God is always working on us. And thank God He is. He doesn't give up on us. Uh, we might stray from Him, but He's always there. He's always faithful. And God is working on us from the inside out. And that process is not completed until we're at home in glory. And, and we have, a, we have a, uh, a glorified body like the Lord Jesus, and we're in His presence. So God's always working in us, and I want us to think about that this morning. The Apostle Paul writes about this change here in Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. So I want us to uh, focus on that this morning, and, and I want to begin in uh, verses 17 through 19 as Paul reveals the old, you know, our old life, what we were like before Christ. And I think it's important for us, we don't dwell on the past, but I do think from time to time as believers, it's important to think back of where God's brought us from, to think back of, of who we were before Christ and, and how God changed us when we met Christ. And Lord willing, I pray that we're different and we're changed today, especially from when we first got saved. We may not be where we ought to be, but praise God, we're not who we once were before Christ. I pray that's the truth and that's the case this morning. So uh, let's begin here in Ephesians 4 and uh, in verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousnesses. Uh, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. And so there's, that, there's the change right there in verse 20 that we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, we have not so learned Christ. Talking about the old and the change that takes place when we come to know Christ. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning and ask God to teach us and ask God to help us today. Our Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We know that it's inerrant. We know that it's infallible and it's inspired and it's all sufficient. Lord, what your word has to say is the authority. It doesn't matter, Lord, how we feel or think about it. Lord, your word is the authority and it is true. 
And I pray that we'll be open and receptive today, God. As you speak, as your word goes forth, I pray that you'll speak and we'll respond and open our hearts and say yes to you today. Lord, encourage us, remind us today of who we were and who we are now in Christ. And I pray if there's one here today, Lord, and God, you're speaking to their hearts that they're still in that in, in the old. And Lord, they've not been changed because they've not trusted you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today, Lord, would be the day of salvation. And we give you praise for all that you do. We thank you for this privilege, this wonderful opportunity to meet here together. Lord, with these wonderful people, I pray that you'll do your work. Draw us closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first of all, I want us to see the old here in verses 17 through 19. Now, if you're a believer this morning, you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the message in this passage is that there should be a change compared to before salvation. I've shared this before. When I was youth pastor, uh, I, I once had a, a, a winter weekend retreat. Uh, we went up to Look Up Lodge, and, and it was on sharing Jesus without fear. In other words, uh, we, we talked about uh, witnessing, and we talked about uh, sharing our testimony. And, and so one of the things that I, I shared with them was, was the three-minute testimony. And you say, well, what's the three-minute testimony? Well, the three-minute testimony is uh, there's three aspects to it. The first part of it is your old life before Christ, what you were before Christ. Now, for some, uh, you know, like if we were saved in vacation Bible school, we may not remember a whole lot about it. You know, we might say, well, well you know, I was raised in church. I was raised in a godly home, and that probably would be... Uh, the case for a lot of us here today um, and and so you know that might be the or it could be you know if God saved you as a teen or saved you as a young adult or even uh, even as an adult uh, there might be a, a whole lot that was there in your past and so as you think about that you know you you, you kind of think about pick some highlights and and so you know you write out your life before Christ that for about a minute you know you don't dwell too much on it but you think about your life before Christ well then there's uh, there's your life uh, when you came to know Christ. That's the second aspect of it. Maybe where you were when you trusted Christ, it might have been at church uh, on a Sunday. It might have been at a retreat somewhere. Um, it might have been in your grandparents' living room. Uh, it could have been at revival. It could have been in Sunday school. It could have been in RAs or GAs. or It could have been anywhere. It could have been at a crusade like me. I was at a crusade when God spoke to my heart. But you, you share how God spoke to your heart and and, and then that day, you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, you may not remember the day, the precise day, time, and hour, and all that, but one thing that ought to be a reality to you is that, is that God spoke to your heart, and you knew you needed to deal with your sin, and you believed Jesus died in your place, and you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so there's the, the second aspect to it, your life when you trusted Christ. But then the third aspect of it is your life after you've trusted Christ. And you know, that's kind of ongoing. God's working on us, and thank God He is. He's working in and through us, and He's changing us. Maybe, there, maybe there's a crisis that come up, and, and we know that God proved Himself over and over again. God was faithful. We prayed about something, and God proved faithful, and God saw us through it. And that might be a part of the testimony that you would share of your life since Christ. And so it's, it's very simple. My life before Christ, when I came to know Christ, and my life since. And I remember, I'll never forget... Um, Amanda Coleman was her name, and she's now a school teacher over in Anderson County. I'll never forget, we were at the Beehive over there by the lake at Look Up Lodge, and, um, and we had breakout groups. We had just had morning worship, and, and, uh, and she had come from her group, and, and I thought some, they had gotten some bad news or something. I didn't know what was going on. She was crying, and she was running to me, and, and she said, Mark, 
we're trying to write out our testimony and I don't have a testimony to share because I know I need to get saved and so right there, right there at Look Up Lodge, she trusted the Lord Jesus as her, as her Lord and Savior. As she was thinking about her life before Christ, that was describing her life because she was still before Christ. And so I think from time to time, it's good for us to think back. You know, what, what about my life? Is there a time when I think about my old life? And has there been that change when I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior? And then since, has there been that change as God is continuing to work? in and through me. Can we think about our three-minute testimony this morning? Paul is kind of reminding uh, these uh, believers here to, to think back of the old, and that's where we are this morning. Verse 17 is referring to uh, lost people, the Gentiles. Notice this with me in verse 17. I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. Here it is, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. And that's a reference to lost. The Gentiles people is a reference to those that were non-believers. So Paul states how non-believers live in the vanity of their mind. That means that their thoughts and that their, their choices and their life really has no purpose. It's vanity. You remember in Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities. It's a, it's a chasing of the wind. Well, that describes the lost person, but without Christ, it's vanity. It, it doesn't have purpose, and they're just kind of being blown uh, by, the, by every wind of doctrine, and they're just kind of shaping themselves into the mold that the world says that they ought to, to live, and they're just running from one thing to the next, and they have no stability, and they have no purpose. And by the way, what is our purpose? Well, Paul wrote in Colossians 1.16 that all things, especially those of us that were created in His image, all things were created by Him and for Him. So we were created, our purpose is to know God and to love God and to worship and serve God. And so if, if, we're, not, if we're not serving God, if we're not loving God and worshiping God, then we're not doing the very thing that we were created for. Well, that's the way that the Gentiles, as Paul puts it, that's the way the non-believers live. It's just vanity in their minds. They have no purpose. And, and all that they do is just what they feel and think and what the world says. Uh, when we live for ourselves, we are lacking purpose. It's a miserable life, really. You remember what Paul said about the resurrection of Jesus in 1 Corinthians 15? If Christ be not raised, then we are men most miserable. No purpose. But I'm here to report to you that he is alive and that he died for you and he loves you. And he did that so that you could know God and that you could live uh, the ultimate purpose. But before Christ, we were living for self. We were living for the world, the vanity of our minds. We have no purpose. Do you remember that? Does that describe you when you were in uh, the past before Christ? Paul's reminding us to think back of, of the old, the old self before Christ. You know, when we think about how the Gentiles or the non-believers live that we find here, the vanity of their minds, have you ever gotten mad at someone for how they acted because they weren't Christian? You know what I'm talking about? The, the things that maybe you see on the news or, 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 the, or the way that people, are, are uh, you know, the way they act. You know, maybe, maybe they, they, they're just very rude or selfish or prideful. Uh, the way that they treat others. You ever got mad at somebody that's not a Christian for being a non-Christian? I mean, Paul described the non-believers also as blindness of the heart. Notice with me uh, here in verse 18. Having the understanding, this is referring to the old, uh, uh, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them 
because of the blindness of the heart. Do you see that? Uh, darkness, alienated from God. Ignorance, in other words, they don't know better. Uh, because of the blindness of the heart, they're spiritually blind. That's why they live like that, because they don't know. You and I know, don't we? Don't we know a better way? Don't we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior? I mean, we know the better way, but those that aren't believers, they don't know that. And so they're lost. They're spiritually blind. Blinded that we find here. They're, they're ignorant that we see in verse 18. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. I struggle with that word. Lasciviousness. There we go. If I say it three times, maybe I'll get it right. Uh, well, well, what does that mean? I mean, lasciviousness, it, it means that they're living all kinds of evil pleasures. They seek to f fulfill themselves through the world, the, the things of the world. That, that's what they think really satisfies. And they seek the things of the world, whatever it might be. I mean, it might be alcohol or drugs. It might be relationship. It might be material things and, and having more stuff and, and all of this. And they're seeking, they're living according to all these evil pleasures of the world. Just seeking to, to find satisfaction. That's, that's the old life. If we're currently living that way, then we need, to, we need to ask some questions. We need to ask God to speak to us. If that's describing who I am right now, if I'm living according to the, the evil pleasures of the world, I, I, I need to ask some questions. Am I truly in? Am I truly, do I truly uh, know Christ as my Lord and Savior? Because Paul says here, that was the old. That was supposed to be the old. I mean, the reality is things of this world will bring short-term, temporary satisfaction. But you know what? It never lasts. And it always leaves you empty with a desire for more. It'll never satisfy you. Now, come on. I know some of you know what I'm talking about this morning. You've chased it. You know. You've lived it. And, 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 and it just doesn't satisfy. The reality is it's a vicious cycle. Well, that should be who we were, not who we currently are. The world will always leave you empty and longing for more because the only one who can fill that void that you're trying to fill is the Lord Jesus Christ you were made for him and, and by, by him and for him and that's your purpose nothing else is going to fill that void it'll always leave you empty and longing for more I think about this wonderful song all of you is more than enough for all of me you satisfy me with your love and all I have in you is more than enough. Isn't that true? He's our all in all. He satisfies. I found out when I came to know Christ that I didn't really know how to live until I began to live for the Lord. That's really living. It's not chasing the things of the world and the pleasures of the world. It'll leave you empty and longing for more. Matter of fact, the world will chew you up and spit you out and leave you for dead. But praise God, the Lord Jesus died in your place and went all the way to hell for you so that you wouldn't have to go there and give you this ultimate purpose that we're talking about this morning. So Paul's reminding us of the old, reminding the believers what they were like before Christ. That's why Paul reminds us the importance of thinking about the old. The good news is that it's supposed to be in our past. Now we mess up, every one of us, no doubt about it. We fail, but praise God, when we do, we come running back to Him. He's always there to meet us. And He'll forgive us. You know, 1 John 1, 9 makes it clear that if we confess, we agree with God. 
We say the same thing about what we did that God says about it. We don't argue it, justify it, minimize it. We say, God, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm guilty. We ask forgiveness and we confess he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. When I think of the past, man, I don't dwell on it. That certainly wasn't the good old days. I'm always worried about somebody sharing their testimony and they got more to say about the past, almost like they miss it, than they do about coming to Christ and living in Christ. Living in Christ, that's, that's truly living and he satisfies. Maybe you've tried the things of the world this morning and you think about the past and your life more is characterized by what ought to be in the past and you know, I'm tired of it, I'm weary of it. It doesn't satisfy and, 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 I'm, and it's, it's left me longing for more and I, I, want, I want the real deal this morning. You can know Christ. And then there's the change. Uh, look with me in verse 20 through uh, 24. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wow, what a change. I see a, I see a glorious change here. When I think about my past and who I was, I was hopeless and lost and ignorant and, and far from God, alienated from God um, and, and, and chasing the things of the world at my past. But here, now I see a change here. Um, I, I'm grateful for a, a life of true meaning and purpose. Lasting happiness can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul follows up the life of no purpose, the old person, the vanity of mind, alienated from God, blindness of heart, unclean, greed with, but you have not so learned Christ. There's that change. You know, the worst kind of bondage is a life apart from God. Doing whatever we want. Some might say, my life, I'll do whatever I want, as if that's freedom. That's the worst bondage. You're chasing after something that will never satisfy. You're chasing after something that will break your heart. And by the way, if, if we have an idol in our, in our heart, if God is not number one in our life, that idol will always break your heart. But God, you have not so learned Christ. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying there came a time when you realized your need for Christ and you trusted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so you have learned something different. Have you learned something different this morning? Have you come to the place in your life where that change started when you trusted in Christ? You know, some, some will say, I'll just do whatever I want. That's the worst kind of bondage. And Paul talks about the change that should take place in our life as believers. And he compares it to just taking off old, dirty, sweaty, stinking clothes and putting on the new. That's really the, the image. The, the word picture here in this passage is taking off something that's old that he's already pointed out and putting on something that's new. <laughs> I, 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 we, um, I, I recently um, started, I, I, got, I get these uh, stitch fix, right? You know, clothes. And, and, um, and so the box is at the door and it's like, wow, you know, got some new threads or whatever. And so you take it out and, 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 and to be able to put on something fresh and something new, something better. That's what believing in Christ does. You're putting off, you're taking off the old and you're putting on something new. So life after trusting Christ should be desired. Man, you're putting on something better, something new. It's a wonderful change 
that's taking place in your heart. Maybe you're questioning your life this morning because you can identify to feeling separated from God. Do you feel separated from God this morning? Does God seem so far away? Well, there's a better life awaiting in Christ. Don't leave this. You've, you've been given the truth this morning about really living, about real purpose, about trusting Christ. Don't leave this place this morning and just go back out into that old life. It'll break your heart and it'll leave you empty and longing for more. But I'm telling you, there's a satisfaction that can't be compared, like taking off the old and putting on the new. Notice this with me again. Put off the, the, the concerning the former conversation or the old man. Put it off. It's corrupt. You know, it, it, it just, uh, it eats away and, and, it, and it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill you. It, it's corrupt according to the deceitful lust. But here it is. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you put on the new man which is created or which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Let's do that this morning. Let's take off the old and let's put on the new. When you place your faith in the Lord Jesus, it's like taking off old, corrupting, dirty, stinking clothes. I worked out, uh, well, yesterday, um, I, I went uh, and, and ran three miles and, and I, was, I was proud of myself. There's a lot of hills on that, you know, around the high school. If you run around the high school, there's hills. Anywhere you run in Liberty, there's hills, right? Um, thank God for the downhill, but man, the uphill sure is tough, you know. And so I, was, I ran three miles around the high school yesterday, and, and I was able to do a sub-10-minute per-mile pace. I, I was proud of myself, dealing with those, with those hills. And then I went home, and it was time to cut the grass. So I, I got out there and cut the grass in the hot sun and, and, uh, and trimmed the hedges and did a lot of work, you know, in the yard. And, and uh, I just want you to know that, that when I came in, it was about 5 o'clock, and I, I told Valerie, I said, I'm finally done. I mean, I wanted to get all this done before I went out of town. I just wanted it to be done. Just kind of have a peace of mind that, that, that it's done. And then, you know, it's, it's probably going to be hot and not a lot of rain next week. So maybe I can get, get by with another week without, without doing it when we go to Alabama. But, but I got in and I was stinking and, and sweaty. I didn't even want to sit in my recliner because how dirty I was. Dust and grass and, you know, Matt that does this cuts grass and all this. I mean, you're, you know, you're just, you're filthy. And, and so I, I immediately couldn't wait to take those old, dirty, stinking, sweaty clothes off. Well, that's a great picture of our past and who we were. Maybe some of us this morning, we've, we've taken, we're supposed to be putting on the new, but we've kind of picked up that old dirty shirt and we've put it back on. You know, it doesn't make any sense at all after you've showered and, man, you're, you're clean and, and uh, you, just, you just feel like a new person, right? It doesn't make any sense to put on those old, sweaty, dirty, stinking clothes. Now, when I've had privileges of going to camps with kids. Now, those kids will do that. They'll just put on the same old clothes every day, right? They just, they don't care. You know, the guys, anyway, I don't know about the girls. I guess the girls are different. But boy, the guys, man, they'll wear the same old shirt for five days. And, 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 and then I, there was one parent, uh, we went to a, a camp and uh, we, we got home, and, and the mom said, My, his clothes were just as neatly folded in there as they were because he just, he just, did you not pay attention to what? No, I didn't really pay attention. I just wanted to make sure they got to breakfast to make sure they were where they're supposed to be. But, you know, that's, that's the way. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to just put back on the old, especially corruptible and evil things that represents the past. Man, we've not so learned Christ. Let's take off the old and let's put on the new. 
think about this. There's nothing more refreshing than a nice hot shower or a cold shower in this, this, time, of the, this time of year. Change clothes, put on those new clothes. You're a new, I mean, you're a new person in Christ. Now, I know this is a focus on the outward, taking off and putting on, you know, but the reality is the outward changes from the inside. Knowing Christ, walking with Him, He satisfies. That's the change. I'm grateful I got a friend in Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Man, since I got saved, I hadn't done life alone. God's always been within me. He's taken up residence within my heart. And it doesn't matter what I face, and it doesn't matter what the future holds. God is faithful. Now, I may not be faithful to Him. That's my fault, not His fault. The best thing I can do. Maybe that describes some of us this morning. We're not where we need to be. We're far from God. Let's get back. Let's get back where we need to be. Now's the time. Let's take off the old and let's put on the new. And, and He is faithful and He is with us. But let's also notice in closing, verses 25 through 32. And this is, uh, Paul offers examples of the new life in Christ with both negative and positive commands. Several things mentioned here. He also mentions spiritual foundation on which these commands are based. So let's notice this here in verse 25. Wherefore, what should we put away? Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one body. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. This passage is based on the previous verses, which understands that believers have indeed taken off the old and put on the new. So what do we put away? Well, put away lying. God hates it. I mean, a lot of times we minimize and say, well, you know, every now and then in this culture, we just a white lie, you know. No, we should, we should put away lying. It is what it is. It says what it says. We as believers should be people of our word. We should do what we say we're going to do, and we should, we should not break promises. And, and sometimes we do. We don't mean to. We shouldn't intentionally do it, but we should put away lying. It's not okay to lie. You know, just, and and what, I, what I'm concerned about are habitual liars. You know what I'm talking about? They just, you know, they, just, they just tell one, look you straight in the face, and just tell you one. Would you claim to be a Christian? That, that ought to be a problem for us. If I do that, I should feel some conviction in my heart, just like in in our Sunday school this morning. The, Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. Who's the, who's the vine dresser? The, it's the Father. And what does He do? He's pruning us. Those branches that's not bearing fruit, those branches you know, that are dead, he's, he's cutting them and taking them away. And So the Holy Spirit of God is working in our hearts. And if there's things like that, we should take it out. So put away lying. Another example that Paul gives of the new life in Christ involves controlling our emotions. And in particular here, anger. Now, Paul doesn't say that it's a sin to, to be angry. In your anger, what does he say? Sin not. In other words, we need to control our emotions. Our emotions are terrible leaders. I've heard it said, and I certainly agree with this, we should never make a decision when we're hurt, when we're mad, or when we're angry. 
That's so true. Because we can't trust our emotions. We have to control our emotions, especially our anger. Sometimes there's just things that go on that just makes you angry. makes me angry. It's okay to be angry. Jesus got angry, the court of the Gentiles. I often think about those that always want to say, what would Jesus do? Like he walked around with a smile on his face all the time. No, he got angry. He went into the court of the Gentiles of the temple area, and uh, they, they were changing money. They were, they were jacking up the prices of, 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 of being able to worship so much. And he goes in there with a whip and runs them out and turns over tables. That's my Jesus, you know. Um, and, and so um, he was angry, but it was a controlled anger. And so in our anger, we need to control our angers and, and, and sin not. But, we, but how do we control our anger? Well, Paul connected the impact of not lying and controlling our anger not stealing. He talks about those that steal should steal no more. Don't, don't, you just, don't it just frustrate you, a thief, somebody that takes something that's not theirs? Now we've got to have security cameras. You know, and, and I mean in broad daylight. I've seen videos of people stealing trailers and, and people's equipment in broad daylight. You know, that's just the day that we live. That person better not be a Christian or profess to be a Christian because that's something that we should put away. If we don't have it, the Bible warns about coveting. If we don't have it, maybe there's a reason we don't have it. But it certainly is never right to steal. And so that's another one. You know, put away, uh, put away stealing. Control our anger. What about our words? We'll focus on this tonight. Uh, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. You know, words that tear down instead of words that edify or words that build up. So how do we do all this? Well, it's through the Holy Spirit. No, notice this. Uh, verse 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. That simply means, you know, the Holy Spirit can be saddened by our choices in the life that we live. So we grieve not. We don't make the Holy Spirit of God sad by our choices and our actions. We take off all the old and we put on the new. And it's through the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's not some kind of unknown force out there. No, the Holy Spirit's a person. The person that can be saddened. And so as Paul is writing about this change that ought to take place, he says, grieve not. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God sad. But also notice this, this little golden nugget that he adds in verse 30, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Why does Paul say that? That just simply means that we have the seal of God on our hearts and lives, and that seal can't be broken. In other words, I believe that when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not even the devil can break that seal and take you away. <laughs> He's with us, folks. He is faithful all the way. And so the Holy Spirit of God that seals us, and the Holy Spirit of God, as we saw in Sunday school this morning, that's our helper. And then uh, John also wrote in John 14 how the Holy Spirit of God is our comforter. It's the Holy Spirit of God. My devotion yesterday was from Romans 8. Any of you that, that have Greg Laurie's... Um, Devotion, I've often encouraged it, uh, harvest.org. I, I enjoy a daily devotion. And my devotion yesterday was from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 4, about how we have no condemnation anymore if we're in Christ. You know, praise God. No, we're not condemned anymore if we're in Christ because we've been set free, not by our works, but by the blood of Jesus and His work on the cross. Well, back in Romans 7, though, Paul wrote about how he struggled to do the things that he shouldn't, but didn't do the things that he should. This struggle. 
You and I, we, we experience that. Sometimes the things that we ought to do, we don't do. And the things that we shouldn't do, those are the very things that we did. Even the Apostle Paul struggled with that in Romans chapter 7. But there's one thing that Paul didn't mention in Romans chapter 7, and that's the Holy Spirit. You know, in Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit's mentioned 20 times. So if we're in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit of God to help us from within. He's our strength. He's our helper. What I'm trying to say is, is we can't do it ourselves. We need the power of God to help us. We're free in Christ. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit empowers us in ways that we could never do on our own. We need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, not controlled by the flesh, not controlled by our emotions, controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. How does that happen? Faith. You know, Romans 12 talks about our reasonable act of service or our worship to God. You know when real worship takes place? It's when we're tempted. It's, it's, not, it's great to come to church and we worship. You know, we praise God through song and, and we worship. But I want you to know, worship in, his, in its purest form is when we're alone somewhere or maybe with a group and we are tempted. And instead of being controlled by the lust of the flesh, even though we struggle, what a struggle it is. Even, instead of giving in to that, we, we, we are intentionally controlled by the Holy Spirit. And we just simply resolve, Lord, that's not right. And I say yes to you. Because, Lord, I know what you have for me is a whole lot better than what this instant pleasure that I think might provide. Isn't it something that when we give in to temptation, the premise of that is we gave in because we thought that that would be better than what God has for us? Never that way. And so when we say yes to God, that's what we need today. In this world of compromise and watering down, and in this world of division and hate and hurt, we need those of us that claim to be Christ to stand up and be accounted for and to say yes to the Lord. Not yes to the world, not yes to the, the lust and the emotions, but say yes to the Holy Spirit of God. And at that moment, when we choose to honor God, at that moment, that's real worship. You know what we've just did? We've said, Lord, you're worthy. And man, I'm struggling. And I want to give in. But I trust you. And I want to be controlled by you. What I'm trying to say is, taking off the old and putting on the new, it requires the power and the help and the work and the comfort and the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. So, don't wait till you feel like it. Don't go on your feelings. Because you won't always feel like it. But he's always worthy of our obedience and trust. So here's what it all boils down to. When we are in Christ and putting on the new man, all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, we put it away. We're kind to one another. Notice this as we close. Speaking, uh, evil speaking be put away from you. Notice verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's the real life. Being kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving to one another. Let's put that on. Imagine churches across our land today. If we would take off all that old evil, selfish, prideful, corruptible stuff, take it off and trade it in. Put on the new, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. 
loving one another, being kind to one another. Heavenly Father, I come before you in Jesus' name. God, as we've seen very clear here in your word about taking off the old and putting on the new, Lord, I pray we'll commit to do just that this morning. Lord, I pray that as you speak, God, that we would respond and say yes to you. Maybe there's some of us here today, and Lord, we still have the old on because we've never trusted you as our Lord and Savior. God, if you're speaking to someone about salvation this morning, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. They would say yes to you. And God, their life will never be the same. They'd take off that old stuff and put on the new. And be blessed, honoring you and walking with you. Lord, you changing us from the inside out, bearing fruit, living for you. Lord, I pray you'll do that work this morning. And then for those of us that are here, Lord, maybe we're not where we need to be in our relationship with you. There was a time we took off the old, but Lord, we've kind of put it back on. Help us to take it off and trade it in with the new. Lord, to be loving, tender-hearted, and kind and forgiving to others. Lord, have your way and will to be done today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? As Donna sings this morning, would you come? Let's respond to the Lord. All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him In His presence daily that that's our heart's desire is to surrender to the Lord when the temptation is on, when the pressure is on let's especially surrender to Him and let's keep the old stuff off and let's keep putting on the new for the glory of God and I'll tell you that'll stand out to a lost and dying world, they may not even believe in the Jesus that you say that you believe in but if they see that change in your life, that's a powerful witness and I pray that that's a change that they'll see uh, in us as we go out of this place, you know as the sign Above the doors remind us we're now entering the mission field. And let's take with us what God has 
has spoken to us about today. And as we've committed, we pray that God will be glorified. I hope you have a wonderful uh, Sunday. And I uh, hope you'll be back tonight. Looking forward to preaching from Ephesians 4.29. And um, looking forward to seeing you. Also, uh, uh, those of you that are um, uh, going to be a part of Mission Week, um, would you come and stand down here with me? Those of you, I know some of them may not be in the sanctuary here, but uh, y'all come on and uh, we, we want to have a special time of prayer. And, um, and maybe God will use this if maybe some of you, uh, God's speaking about volunteering and, and helping out. Uh, maybe God will use the witness of these that are willing to serve, that God will speak to you and that you'll be a part of something great, something wonderful here at, at Mission Week. And I often love to hear um, Doug and Kimbo share about the early days of Mission Week and, and, um, and, and the times when uh, you know, there wasn't, wasn't a lot of funds and, and wasn't as, as much participation but they pressed on and did a good work. And I'm glad they did. Because here we are today, years later, with a great group standing down here that's going to do a great work in our community. Visiting uh, nursing homes. There's a lot of nursing home visits uh, this week. And the reason is because you know how 2020 was. And I remember, I guess it was last year, uh, we had to stand on the porch and they would open windows and give us and allow us to sing. We couldn't go in. And and I think last year we were able to, to make some visits, but, but now it's wide open. And so some of these residents are going to get visits that they hadn't gotten in a long time. And it's going to be used of God. And uh, so I want us to pray for this group as they go out, those that are volunteering and, and everything. And remember, young at heart, come on Thursday at 1230 and join them for a, a blessing, a time of lunch together. Let's pray. Where are they? Yeah, right. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful day of gathering together to worship you. And Lord, I, I, just, I just see going out and sharing your love as putting on the new. And thank you for this great group and for those kids in the nursery, those that will be participating to do just that. And Lord, I know it's going to be hot this week, so we pray for your protection. Uh, we pray, for, Lord, as they travel out and back, God, that you'll keep them safe. Put a hedge protection about our group. And Lord, they desire to be used of you to encourage those residents at these nursing homes. And I pray that you will use them, Lord, as they share your love. We pray for an awesome week, and we give you praise in advance, Lord, for what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for so many that's willing to serve, to be used by you. And I pray that you will bless. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Hope you have a wonderful day.